Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the 16th episode on the second season of Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. And I'm Jordan, the group scientist. Can you believe it? This episode, then four more, and we are done with season two of this podcast. Honestly, I can't believe it. Because it flew by so fast. (laughs) It did, but it's been a crazy, hauntingly wonderful ride. Mm Mm-hmm. We have a very exciting and creepy episode for you today. We're going to be talking about haunted dolls. Now let's set the record straight. We're not here to talk about the fictional killer doll Chucky. We're diving into the unsettling world of real-life haunted dolls. Dolls have been a part of human culture for thousands of years. They've been used in rituals, playtime, and even as symbols of power. But there's something eerie about dolls. They're meant to mimic us, to be miniature versions of ourselves, but they always fall short. Their faces are almost lifelike, with every detail painstakingly crafted, but they're always just a little bit off. Their eyes stare blankly ahead, unchanging, fixed in a single emotion. It's as if they're trapped, frozen in time with no way to escape. These dolls have been known to move on their own, emit eerie noises, and even cause harm to those around them. Join us on this episode as we explore the chilling tales of haunted dolls and uncover the story behind their supernatural power. Jordan, what was the first haunted doll that you looked up? Before we start, I just want to say, you know how I really don't like kids that much? Like, they creep me out. (laughs) Yes. But, like, it's kind of, like, crazy. Kids don't mind creepy fucking dolls. Yeah, I think... Like, (laughs) why? I don't know, but I think dolls are creepy as fuck. Like... A creepy kid carrying a creepy-ass doll is, like, one of my biggest fears on the planet. (laughs) But anyway, the first haunted doll that I'm going to be talking about is Okiku. The doll was bought by a 17-year-old named Akichi Suzuki in 1918 for his two-year-old sister Okiku. He was touring the region for a maritime expedition, and the doll instantly drew his eyes. He went in and instantly purchased the figurine for his sister using the last of his money for it. At about 40 centimeters tall and dressed in a traditional kimono, the doll was exquisite. Its hair was raven black and cut to a roughly shoulder length. Her eyes were said to be piercing coals that seemed to swallow everything up in their gaze. Super creepy. Wow. So I have a quote. It says, the thing was mesmerizing and enchanting, something to take your breath away. So apparently like looking at it pre-hauntedness, it was just like something he just couldn't leave there yeah he just felt like he had to take it he went back home and gave the doll to his little sister and she fell in love with the doll immediately it transformed into okiku's favorite toy more importantly her best friend okiku played every day with the doll took it everywhere and treated it like her sister she would talk feed and sleep with it just like any other normal kid which we know she decided to call the doll okiku weirdly after her own self oh And the doll never left Ukiku's sight. Then a year later, tragedy struck. In 1919, Ukiku died of yellow fever, which had descended on the land. Oh no. Ukiku died gasping for air, in pain, and afraid. The doll held firmly in her grasp. That's so sad. That's such a sad picture to have. The family wanted to bury the doll along with Ukiku, but circumstances and governmental oversight prevented this. 
the doll was never laid to rest with Okiku. Okiku, the doll, was moved to the family's altar, which is common apparently in Japanese households, which I'm surprised about. Like, I didn't know that they actually did like altars. I know that they have like places that they go to pray and everything like that, but I didn't know they had anything in their households. So the small shrine celebrated their daughter and marked her passing into the afterlife. This was um, when the weirdness started. (laughs) Great. (laughs) One day the family started to notice that the doll's hair was actually getting longer. The original shoulder length, neat cut style was now a mangled mess of split ends reaching down past her waist. Wow. It was scruffy, different colors, and it felt different. At night they started to dream of Okiku, and sometimes the doll would appear by their side in the morning. Oh, hell no. That would creep me the hell out. And you can see pictures of her, like, hair and, like, how she looks online. That's There's crazy. so many pictures, too. Yeah. The chilling events got worse and grew into full-blown acts of spiritual infestation, such as lights flickering on and off, banging in the house, noises, and strange voices. Mm. These events would happen when they got to certain dates, I guess, like on her birthday or the day of her death. As time went on, the family was certain, and the town's shamans or spiritual leaders believed that their daughter's soul was trapped in the doll. That would creep me. Like, that would be weird. Like, if my sibling or, like, my family member died, and then I started to see, like, something close to me change, that would, like... Like, how you can't, like, explain shit like that. So no, I would just can't. be like, what the frick is my dad doing in this doll? And what's or, even you know? weirder is that the little girl was attached to it, but she also called the doll her own name. Yeah. Got, like, super, super close with this like, doll. Like, kind of foreshadowing, this doll is going she, to be me. Yeah. In 1938, the family relocated to a different district. They had now become used to the doll and had even grown fond of their daughter's relentless spirit. To them, it was magical and a unique opportunity to interact with the dead. Fearing that what fueled her magic was the proximity to their daughter's grave, they chose to not take Okiku with them. The family approached the local temple and asked if they would take care of the doll for them. The temple had heard all of the stories about this doll, quote, the haunted doll whose hair grew every year, end quote. So, like, people apparently all over the place heard about this said haunted doll. Right, people knew about this. They were fascinated, and the priest happily accepted the chance to start taking care of Ukiku. Well, which nice. I feel like is kind of weird, because over here, they're, maybe they're just, like, more spiritual and accepting I of things so. over there. Like, I know that they're, like, really, really, like, accepting of, like, certain ideologies. Like, they're more accepting of, like, different ideas of spirits. Like, over here, we're just like, oh, I got a spirit of Satan, you yeah, know? like right. And then it's just mass panic, and they're just more spiritual, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. They have also managed to confirm some of the claims about the doll, particularly that the hair does indeed grow. The priests have sent out cut samples of the hair for scientific analysis. I thought that this was really cool. That's cool. Here you go. A scientific examination of Okiku proved that the hair was indeed from a human child. Wow. You, how the fuck can you explain that? Because You can't first, explain that. Yeah, first it's not growing, now it's growing, and then now you get it tested and it's not synthetic, it's actually human hair. Yeah. That's insane. Like That's crazy. What the fuck happened to this damn doll? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kiko, she's in a doll. <laughs> Apparently so. As the years pass on, the doll's fame grew and her powers further developed. Apparently, she is bolder now, invading the dreams of the priests and others that come to visit her. First off, wow. she's in my dreams. I will be so creeped out because if you see this right? doll, you'll understand. I, I do not want this doll in my dreams. I just don't. <laughs> 
Especially since I have really vivid dreams. I definitely don't want to dream about a doll talking to me. <laughs> Trippy as hell. <laughs> I don't think many people do. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she's stronger and her hair is growing faster and wilder. And she's even more spooky looking. Wow. The latest event driving tourists crazy is the frightening claim that the mouth of Ukiku is slowly opening and that if you are very thrill-seeking and want to peer inside, you may get a glimpse of little baby teeth coming through the porcelain gums. Oh my god, So, like, serious? if you look at the pictures now, it literally, she has, like, four, like, really rounded little teeth poking out of the mouth. That's so weird. And how does that happen? Like, it's just, like, weird. It's, like, somebody sneaking in and doing this to this doll. Like, how is it, how, how would they, like, open the mouth and try to draw something in there you know what i mean right, like, exactly. how does it happen how does it work to try to debunk it you know right okiku is located in her private shrine on display in a little wooden box in the menenji temple in hokkaido japan um she's still there and she is waiting for everyone to come and visit her well it would be great to go and visit her i want to go to japan I don't know if I want to fuck around with this doll. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to, like, go in. I, I don't know. Since we're such, like, ghostly people, I'm just so worried that, like, would this doll know? Like, would this doll see us and be like, I'm totally going to fuck them up in their dreams tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would accept it. That She'd be awesome to see. And, like, her hair, like, if you look up the pictures, it's, like, down to her, below her waist. That's weird. And I think it's crazy that they, like, now trim it and they they keep her like okay and it's still growing it's crazy yeah I, bizarre it's absolutely insane <laughs> absolutely bizarre <laughs> wow well we're off to a great start with these dolls i'm creeped out already <laughs> <laughs> but how can we have an episode on haunted dolls and not talk about the island of the dolls in mexico i remember when this episode came out on the island of the dolls of ghost adventures and that was creepy as shit. It was so creepy because the, it, that's the one that they had, like, the fire that started, right? Didn't they hear, like, something in, like, the background, or, like, walking, and then all of a sudden, a, like, a fire started? Yeah, I think so. And they think that it's that guy. Yeah. That, that the hermit to... that was living yeah, on the island. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing that I remember was at night, they were doing their investigation, and they heard sounds emitting from a doll, like an electronic oh, doll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they looked in that direction. They checked all the dolls, and they found one that had a battery pack in the back, but they opened it up and it was empty. That's fucking creepy. Right? And these dolls are outside of the elements. It's not even if something else had batteries in them, it's not like they would work. Yeah, they would definitely have died yeah. or, you know, the electric would have went. But anyway, in the canals of Xochimilco, Mexico City, lies an eerie island known as Isla de las Muñecas, or Island of the Dolls. The island is surrounded by murky waters and overgrown vegetation, and the small wooded island is decorated with hundreds of decrepit and unsettling dolls. Some are nailed to trees or dangling from branches, hanging off fences, and some are hanging from clothesline and swinging eerily in the wind. Ugh. This is like a fucking nightmare. This place is a nightmare. The dolls on the island are far from pristine playthings of childhood. Instead, they are a haunting sight, with many of them incomplete, mutilated, and missing limbs, eyes, or even heads. The dolls have been left to the elements, and their once cheerful painted faces have distorted and their bodies are splotched with mold. The hot sun has melted and misshapen the plastic heads, and insects have found a home in some of the dolls. 
The hair is matted and infested with spiderwebs, and they are all coated in layers of dirt as if they've been left, forgotten, for decades. The dolls are a chilling sight, and a reminder that even the most innocent objects can become twisted and macabre. Creepy! <laughs> so creepy! Oh, when you look this. at plate, when you look at pictures of this place, it's terrifying. There's just dolls hanging everywhere. I can't believe somebody stayed on the island and like took care of the island by himself. Yeah. Like, let's get into him and ugh. hear about his story and why he, this guy, decided to live on this island and collect dolls and hang them everywhere. The dolls have been collected over decades by a man named Don Julian Santana Barrera. Sometime in the mid-20th century, Don Julian left his wife and family and sequestered himself on an island in Teshulia Lake. It's unclear what prompted his sudden withdrawal from society, but it soon became evident that he was not of sound state of mind. Shortly after his relocation, he stumbled upon a haunting scene on the shores of the island, the lifeless body of a young girl, drowned in the lake. Then, a doll came floating down the canals, forever altering his life and the landscape of the island. The discovery of the doll marked the beginning of a strange and unsettling chapter in his and the island's history. Don Julian Santana was a reclusive and eccentric man who lived alone on the island. He would often be seen fishing in the canals, but he spent most of his time collecting dolls and hanging them on trees and bushes. He claimed that he was haunted by the ghost of the girl who had drowned in the canals, and that he hung the dolls to appease her spirit. He also believed that the dolls themselves were possessed by the spirits of other girls who had died in the canals, and that they would protect him from evil. For the next 50 years, Don Julian scoured the trash and canals for dolls and hung them from many trees on the island in an attempt to satisfy the restless spirits. The dolls became his life's work, and the island gradually became overrun with them, becoming an eerie and unsettling place where the dolls hung from every tree, their lifeless eyes and twisted expressions creating an atmosphere of palpable dread. The island eventually became a tourist attraction, and Don Julian showed off his ominous island. Visitors would come to see the dolls and hear the story of Don Julian's haunting. Many believed that the dolls themselves were cursed, and that they had the power to move on their own, whisper, and even scream. Some visitors even reported feeling a presence on the island, and hearing the voices of children in the trees. Oh, fuck Could you no. imagine that? Fuck no. Seeing dolls all around and you're hearing the voices of children? I'd, I'd literally just jump in the water and let something eat me <laughs> at that point. His obsession with the dolls grew, and he began to neglect his own health and well-being. He stopped fishing and stopped maintaining the island, leaving the dolls to rot and decay. He became increasingly reclusive, only venturing out to collect more dolls. In 2001, Don Julian was found dead in the same canal where he had claimed to have found the first doll. Some believe that he drowned, while others believe that he was killed by the spirits of the dolls. That's fucking weird. I was just going to say, do you think because he stopped taking care of it that the dolls acted out and killed his ass? Maybe. Like, maybe he was, yeah. How old he was, was he? Done. Do you know? I'm not sure. Not sure. I know uh, he didn't look great, but Ooh. he was basically found dead in the exact same spot. Like face down in the water like the little girl? Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. Today, the island of dolls is a macabre and eerie place with hundreds of dolls hanging from trees and bushes. The dolls are weathered and decayed and some are missing limbs or have broken faces. The island has become a popular destination for thrill seekers and ghost hunters, but it remains a reminder of tragedy and mystery that surrounds it. Locals call the island cursed and say the dolls are possessed by evil spirits and the dolls come alive at night. Legend has it that dolls still move and whisper and they can even lure visitors into the water. 
Some believe that the spirits of drowned girls still haunt the island, and they use the dolls to communicate with the living. The Island of Dolls is a haunting and sinister place, a reminder of the darkness and secrets that can lurk in beautiful place and within delicate objects. That was such a good story, Justin. Good well, job. thank you. It's I'm, a I'm, place that I really want to go to. Ugh! Kind of. Like, I don't know. You're I, nuts. <laughs> You're nuts. <laughs> I hate dolls, but it's, it's a sight to see. You gotta see it, you know? You're right. You're absolutely right. It probably right. is... In, like it's probably like insane to see but it's also super interesting to see yeah and you can't get there easily you literally have to get on a little boat and row down the canal to get to this island maybe that's more scary than getting to the island yeah, maybe. for me well on that eerie note we're going to take a short break and I encourage you to look at these creepy ass dolls that we're talking about <laughs> The Spooky Shop is now open for Ghost Encounters merch. Visit ghost-encounters.com and click on Spooky Shop. This episode is brought to you by The Colony Meadery. If you haven't tried mead yet, it's alcohol made from honey, and it's the fastest-growing alcoholic beverage in the United States. It's all-natural, totally gluten-free, and delicious. And one of the best meaderies in the world is right here in the Lehigh Valley. Stop in and try a flight of meads, grab some bottles or cans to go, and experience some of the best booze in the world. They've got flavors ranging from tart and quaffable lemon laws and Wu-Tang Crayon to cinnamon vanilla series of tubes and even the sweet heat of their mango habanero. Learn more at either location or at colonymeadery.com. Ghost Encounters podcast and show is sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your online presence with their expert social media marketing, photography, and video productions. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If all you spooky people are enjoying the Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe and give us five stars. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ghost Encounters PA. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. And we are back. And something just occurred to me. I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that dolls are kind of like frozen in time because they just have one stare one emotion painted on their face and i see here that the next haunted doll is an elsa doll elsa from frozen (laughs) (laughs) i cannot wait to hear about this because you showed me pictures last night (laughs) of this elsa doll like on this dude's car like trapped in a cage yeah we'll talk that's at the end of the story we'll be able to talk about that yeah So I chose to do um, the Elsa doll. In 2013, the world was introduced to Elsa in the movie Frozen. That same year, Matt and Emily Madonia purchased their one-year-old daughter, Aurelia, an Elsa doll for Christmas. What they didn't know at the time was that this doll would truly never let this family go. In 2019, the family came out to the media to tell their crazy haunted doll story. I like this already because this is so recent. Yeah, it's like when I I heard about this on another podcast and I was like, what the hell do you mean that this is just being told like now? <laughs> like so creepy, even though it's two, 2013 is fairly recent. Yeah. The Elsa doll would recite phrases from the movie when a button on the necklace was pressed. Along with the phrases, the doll would also sing Let It Go, a song that we all know quickly became the film's anthem. Yep. The doll continued to sing and talk as it was designed to do until in 2015, 
the Elsa doll began to cycle between English and Spanish, something hmm. it had never done before in the two years that the family had owned it. What was even more bizarre was that this particular doll didn't have any setting to change between the two languages. It would just rotate at random. That's weird. That's freaking creepy. I did read somewhere else that they said that apparently there wasn't an option for Spanish. Like, it shouldn't have had an option for Spanish. Huh. And that it was only English phrases. Crazy. The Elsa doll would continue to speak in both languages for another four years and would often speak even when no one was around it. It's like a fucking Furby. Do you remember those Furbies? Yes, they would oh like my wake God. up in the middle of the night and start talking to you. Dude, the Taylor had a Raggedy Ann doll, and we're going to talk about that later. But between that and the fucking Furby, I think my dad lost his damn mind. <laughs> like he, he literally the one night, we had, we had this old plastic trunk that probably everybody had in the early 90s, 2000s, yep. and, or late 90s, early 2000s. It was that white trunk with like the blue top that mm -hmm. everybody had. And in there, our Furbies went because my dad couldn't stand the fucking sight of them. And they start, we were down in the basement just hanging out and the Furbies started talking to each other in the thing. My dad took that shit out and literally smashed it against the wall. <laughs> like he hated those Furbies. Oh my God. Tired of hearing the thing talk on its own, Emily went to turn the doll off only to discover that the doll's on-off switch was already in the off position. Oh, hell no. <laughs> so the doll had continued to speak this entire time despite already being off. To make matters even stranger, when she checked the doll's batteries, she discovered that they were still the original batteries the doll had come with. In the six years that they had owned the Elsa doll, the batteries had never been changed. This might not seem like a big deal, except for the fact that when Emily tested the batteries, she found out that they were completely dead. Well, yeah, they're gonna die in that time. This bitch is always talking. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna so, use up the juice. Yeah, apparently but... she put them in like a like a remote, like a TV remote, and yeah. they were dead. Huh. But Elsa was still talking, apparently. <laughs> so the doll had been talking despite being switched off and having dead batteries. Figuring that the doll was broken, they decided to throw the Elsa doll away. Also because Aurelia had outgrown the doll and stopped playing with it. So I was reading this and listening to this stuff, and I was like, is that the reason why she started acting weird? Like, Could the be. doll? Like, if the doll was possessed when they got it, right? like, maybe... The doll was pissed if the yeah, doll wasn't playing with yeah. it as much. Matt threw the doll in the trash, and the Madonia family figured that they had seen the last of the malfunctioning Elsa doll, but they could not have been more wrong. What? Just a week later, when Matt had opened a large wooden storage bench that the family kept in their living room, he found the Elsa doll inside. No. So we just said that it was no thrown way. out. <laughs> Somehow, she came back. Some sources said that um, Emily found it in the attic when she was looking, like when she was up there because she kept hearing Spanish. Hmm. So there's two different sources that yeah. said two but different things. So I wanted to put both. They but threw it away. Yeah. They fucking found it again. Either way, the doll was thrown out. <laughs> they watched it go in the garbage like truck. And then the bitch came back. <laughs> Fucking scary. All of the family members denied pulling the doll out of the trash and placing it inside of this bench. Uncertain about how the doll had gotten there, Emily and Matt decided that they weren't going to take any more chances with this stupid doll. This time, Matt wrapped the Elsa doll in its own garbage bag, then put that in another bag that was filled with garbage, and then put that bag in the bottom of the garbage can and placed a bunch of other bags on the top. So... They jam-packed their, their shit yeah. so that this doll couldn't crawl its way back out. It's in bags and bags and bags yeah, in the trash. to try to put weight on it so it couldn't move. It's 
So when garbage day came, they wheeled the garbage can to the curb and watched the garbage being collected. The doll was gone and out of their lives. Or so they thought. Oh, come on. Following this incident, the family went out of town and forgot all about the Elsa doll. That is, until they returned home. Not long after the family got back, they discovered that Elsa had also returned. On one unspecified day, Aurelia called out to her mother that she had seen Elsa in the backyard. I don't know if it means that that bitch was walking around. I don't know if it means it was laying there. Whatever. When Emily went to inspect the doll, she found that it was the exact same doll that Matt had thrown in the trash. She was able to confirm this by the fact that the doll had the exact same marker stains from where her daughter had colored it years ago. Oh, maybe that's why she was pissed. Yeah, it's fucking creepy too. But it's like crazy. Like it's apparently it has doll. like yeah, yeah. Apparently she was able to literally say it had like cuts here, stains here, whatever. Yeah. And like how like how would somebody be able to trick this family that much? You know what I mean? Other right, than exactly. they were the garbage workers and pulled the fucker out of the trash. You know? Yeah, no, that's that's like very far fetched. Yeah, and that's super dedicated work. Nobody yeah. ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. It seemed that this Elsa doll really refused to let them go. <laughs> Determined. You <laughs> did a pun there, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> Determined to finally rid themselves of the doll, Emily mailed the Elsa doll without a return address to somebody by the name of Chris Hogan, who was a family friend that lived in Minnesota. Emily stated that she had placed it in the box to be mailed and the doll laughed for 30 seconds straight. Something it had never done in the entire time they owned it. It was laughing at her like, ha, 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 this is not going to work. I'd be like, you fucking bitch. I'd punch it in the face for some fun. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would be like, shut up! (laughs) Burn it. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't try to do that. Maybe they were worried that, like, if they burned it, the spirit would, like, I mean, that's very come possible. out and go into that's their house That's why a or lot of dolls have not been destroyed, because whatever's possessing it could then go into just, it's it's just a vessel. Yeah. It's going to go into something else, or even you. What if it goes into another doll? Exactly. What if it goes into your daughter? Exactly. Well, hell no. Can't do that. Okay. So I have a quote from Emily. She says, If the doll comes back, I might have to open my mind to some of the more supernatural solutions, she told a local news station. Which is like, how do you not, how are you not opened up to more supernatural solutions? Like, (laughs) how can, like, what else is it? Right. In a Facebook post of his own, Hogan confirmed that he had received the Elsa doll and, quote again, I taped it to the brush guard of my Jeep. He added that if anything weird happens, this is another quote, if anything weird happens, I'm welding her to a steel pipe and sinking it in the lake of the woods. Wow, he's determined. Yeah, well, you can literally look up these pictures online and low-key, it's hysterical. So- <laughs> I know, I just show me the pictures. I'm like, this bitch is literally in a cage on his Jeep. On January 14th, 2020, Hogan shared on Twitter that Zach Bagans had messaged Emily and offered to purchase the doll. The last update shared on the doll's whereabouts was the tweet posted by Hogan on March 31st, 2020, where he revealed that he had constructed a new home for the doll in his welding shop. So like I said, you can look up the pictures online and it's literally like this small ass metal cage and this doll, this cute little Elsa doll is literally just hanging out in this cage in front of his Jeep. It's hilarious. You gotta see it. With no news on the case, we can assume that the Madonia family finally managed to rid themselves of the doll. The doll that had been so determined to never let them go. A fucking story is crazy. That's awesome. Well, more dolls. Uh, Those of you listening that know me know that, thanks to my good friend Maggie, I have a almost exact 
miniature replica of Annabelle as it sits in the Warrens Museum. I didn't know that Maggie made it for you. Maggie's so talented. She's very She's talented. She's so good at shit. She makes me so jealous. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. Maggie, I know you're listening. I love you. And that Annabelle display with the miniature Annabelle inside is spectacular. And everyone talks about it. I was creeped out about it when they come to my house. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> when it comes to the most infamous dolls, few can match the reputation of Annabelle. From its origins as a seemingly innocent Raggedy Ann doll, to its portrayal in numerous horror films, the story of Annabelle has captured the imaginations of people around the world. So let's get into the creepy tale of Annabelle, and uncover the truth behind the doll's terrifying reputation. So for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who have seen the Conjuring movies or the Annabelle movies, the real Annabelle doll is, does not look the same as it is in the movies at all. The real Annabelle doll is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Which was super popular back in the day. Like Very popular. Had Everyone had one. Yeah. The story of Annabelle begins in 1970 when a young nursing student named Donna received an antique Raggedy Ann doll as a gift from her mother. Donna lived with her roommate, Angie, and the two of them kept the doll on Donna's bed as a decoration. However, it didn't take long for strange things to start happening. At first, the two women thought they were simply imagining things. The doll seemed to move around on its own, changing position from one day to the next. But then, they began to find messages written on parchment paper that they hadn't purchased or brought into the apartment. The messages read things like, help us, or help Lou. Who the hell's Lou? I'll get there. Things took a more sinister turn when the women returned home one day to find that the doll had moved from Donna's bed to the living room couch and had even crossed its legs. Then they found drops of blood on the doll's hands and on the back of Donna's shirt. Terrified, the women contacted a psychic medium who told them that the doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl, a girl named Annabelle Higgins. Unfortunately for these young women, Annabelle became Annabelle the Haunted Doll. According to the medium, Annabelle had died on the land where the apartment building now stands, and had attached itself to the doll. The spirit was apparently looking for a new vessel, and had chosen the Raggedy Ann doll as its conduit. The medium recommended that Donna and Angie allow the spirit to stay with them and even encouraged them to give the doll its own room in the apartment. That is not the thing you should be doing. Explain. This medium told them to do the thing you shouldn't do. You shouldn't allow a spirit that you don't know into your life, have control, to allow it to take hold of this doll and to start talking to it like it's its own thing. That is what you are not supposed to do because you're just giving it more power. Yeah. However, it wasn't long before the situation escalated further, as I figured. One night, Donna's friend Lou, see, Lou, oh shit, stayed over at the apartment and claimed that he was attacked by the doll. Angie and Lou were spending some quality time together, and they heard rustling sounds coming from Donna's room, even though she wasn't home. They were initially worried about an intruder, but upon further inspection, they saw that the movement was actually coming from Annabelle, who was sitting in a chair instead of on the bed where they left her. Oh fuck no. As Lou approached the doll, an ominous feeling washed over him, and he felt an intense pain on his chest. Upon closer examination, he had discovered a series of claw marks that just appeared out of nowhere, and it led him to believe that Annabelle was a culprit. He reported that the doll had moved on its own and even tried to strangle him. After this incident, Don and Angie realized that they needed help, and they contacted paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. The Warrens, who are renowned in their field, conducted an investigation and had come to the conclusion that the doll indeed was possessed by a malevolent spirit. 
Upon a priest's arrival, the Warrens discovered that Annabelle was actually a demon, whose sole purpose was to possess Donna's soul. Despite the fact that the doll was its physical vessel, the demon was actually attached to it. But knowing that demons cannot possess objects, they possess people, they took the doll with them. The priest exercised the apartment, and the Warrens left with Annabelle. The Warrens feared that the doll would cause an accident if they traveled on main roads and highways, so they took the back roads instead, but still experienced car troubles the entire drive home. The power steering failed, the brakes failed, and the engine of the car kept stalling. The problem seized for a little while once Ed Warren sprinkled Annabelle with some holy water. After the Warrens took Annabelle away, she didn't stay quiet for long. Reports of her levitating and moving around the Warrens' own home began to surface. Even after being locked in a room, Annabelle would still find a way to move to a different location. When the Warrens brought in a priest to bless their home, he dismissed Annabelle as just a doll and ended up in a near-fatal car accident on his way home. The car overturned, the brakes failed. Luckily, he survived. Well, that's good. Basically, he came in, tried to bless the home, tried to bless Annabelle. He, he's like, ah, it's just a doll. Leaves and, get, and almost dies in a car accident. That's kind of eerie. It seemed that Annabelle was not to be underestimated. Annabelle became a fixture in their occult museum. The museum displayed the doll in a glass case with a sign warning visitors not to touch it, and it was believed to still be possessed. Over the years, Annabelle's story has become the stuff of legend. She has been featured in numerous horror movies and even inspired her own spin-off franchise. However, the true story of Annabelle remains shrouded in mystery. The doll is still on display in the occult museum, and it continues to be a subject of fascination and fear for those who encounter it. The story of Annabelle serves as a chilling reminder that there are some things in this world that we never will fully understand. So you know how I feel about the Warrens. Yes. Everything they fucking touch becomes a movie. Yes. For clout, whatever. But I still wouldn't fuck with this doll. No. Like, I don't agree with everything. They think that anything negative is demonic. I don't agree with that. But I still wouldn't fuck with this doll. No. Because there's normal people that were scared of the doll before the Warrens got it. So I wouldn't mess with it. Yeah, no. Fuck that. Scary. First yeah. off, Raggedy Ann dolls are freaky as fuck. So I, don't, a I definitely bit weird already. Yeah, but I mean, I get why the movies change the way she looks because Raggedy Ann dolls are Raggedy Ann doll, and the ones in the movie it looks even creepier. Yeah, and more it's so up. scary. But this is the real story of Annabelle, and just crazy weird things happened. I mean, why would nursing students who are busy as hell start making up a lie about a Raggedy Ann doll? For no reason at all. It's not like they made money or got... Yeah. They didn't need press or anything. I was just about to say, you know? I don't think they have time to even fabricate anything. Because no. <laughs> those nurses work like 12-hour shifts yeah. and stuff. You don't want to come home after a 12-hour shift and try to fib about a Raggedy Ann doll moving exactly. around your house. Exactly. Well, instead of a spooky fan story this time, we found two pretty cool stories online on Reddit about real haunted dolls. Jordan, take it away. All right, let's get into it. So, the first story goes, we recently purchased this doll, although they didn't come right out and say it was haunted, they did hint at it. I can't verify the story yet, but the elderly owners did confirm they would find the doll around the house in different rooms and were adamant that it wasn't their dog, which was a small breed. But with this doll standing a meter tall and weighing about three kilograms, it had no marks from being dragged. So but basically this old couple is finding this doll in different rooms. They're like, oh, it's the dog. But they had a tiny ass dog 
in a heavy doll and there's no yeah because you sent is it. this the one that you sent the picture to me of yes. yeah that doll is a decent size it's a that's a that's pretty a big, big doll, doll. The creepiest thing was the eyes. I know you're going to get into that story, but it's haunting to look at. But having said that, you buy the item, not the story, and time will tell. (laughs) She appears to have real human hair, including eyelashes. Oh, hell no. You. Below is the original description written by their son. End quote. This beautiful handmade lifelike doll was made in Germany by a concentration camp survivor who lost his family and children in the war. That's so sad. Yeah, that's super sad. He made dolls in their likeness to remind him, our little dog must play with her because we keep finding her in different parts of the house. The eyes were originally brilliant blue, but have faded with time. She's looking for a new home since her previous owners passed away. Original purchase price was 1300 around 1998 that's a lot that's a lot for a doll that's a lot for a doll back to the eyes like i i can't believe that they were once a brilliant blue because now they're like it's pinky color it they're like crazy they look almost they look evil a, they look animal like yeah that's how i would explain let's it. Animal-like. be honest they look fucking scary yeah they're freaky has original papers handmade in germany which he already said and yeah. end quote and that's the end of that story, which we already accomplished as scary as shit. Why would they buy that? Why would, why would another person buy this after reading that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that very much. <laughs> because, like, oh, yeah, the original owners died, so somebody take this creepy-ass doll off right. my hands. Like, no. Oh, by the way, it moves around. Yeah, yeah, by the way, it moves. <laughs> you know, it's haunted. And people are crazy and literally buy haunted dolls offline. Yeah. So this next story was from Willie Taylor. His story goes, this was about 10 years ago. The doll experience happened quick, so I used to live with my aunt. And when everybody used to leave, I went to go take a nap. As soon as I closed my eyes, I heard the doll talk randomly. Mind you, the doll was old. The house was quiet. You can hear a penny drop, so you can hear it automatically. I couldn't leave my room. I was terrified. This used to happen every day. Imagine that. Like Every day, you're just, you go to try to take a nap and the doll starts talking I to you. Mean, first off, I take... Oh, so I work dumb early in the morning. Yeah, you do. So like, if I don't get my nap, I'm like a raging lunatic. You are. So <laughs> I'm super bitchy about like the littlest things. So I feel like I would act out on this doll and I would get myself into trouble. Probably. Because I need my nap. Bitch, yeah. you need to shut the hell up. Because <laughs> I need my nap. So I could understand why this guy is like terrified yeah. and everything like that though. Because I would not want to mess around no. with a haunted doll <laughs> when I'm sane, you know, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time I burned and I had enough. I was cleaning up. Then I saw the doll on the ground. My mom called me for something and I went to go see. Then tried to find the doll, but it wasn't there. I was so confused as a kid. Then seconds later, I go to my back room. It was on the bed. I got so many chills. It was like I couldn't move my body because I was shocked. So I told my mom she burned the doll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, there you go. The mom was like, we're not having like, this in the house. no. <laughs> Fuck no. Get rid of this doll. Still to this day forward, I don't visit my aunt's house at all. Well, well yeah, I could see, see why. why. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to go anywhere near, <laughs> if she's, especially if she still has, like, you never know. What the dolls in, in there? Yeah, like, if they burnt the doll and now there's other shit in the aunt's yep. house, you never know. Exactly. She got one, she could have more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there are a number of haunted dolls that we did not talk about in this episode, 
But for our listeners, this is just part one of Haunted Dolls. We are definitely going to have a part two. And if we find enough, maybe we'll even have a part three. Who knows? Hey, write in. Yeah. If you want to hear about a certain haunted doll, let us know. Yeah. I know Robert the Doll is one that everyone knows about. Yeah. That's one that has to be in there. That's super Jordan, popular. you were just talking about Harold. Yeah, I was talking about Harold. There, we have a list of others to talk about. So if you didn't hear your favorite one in this one, don't worry. It's going to come up in the next one. If you have any suggestions, write to us. Let us know. As always, we need more spooky fan stories. So message us on social, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. Or you can email your story to ghostencounterstories at gmail.com. And Jordan and I have been talking and we need to get our shit together with our merch site (laughs) and launch some new merch gear. Um, We're going to juggle around some creepy ideas for some cool shirts and things like that. Yeah, I'm super excited to get, get down and get busy. Yes. And thank you all so much for listening. We have now surpassed 20,000 listens. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, And that was before I was even keeping track because we switched to a new platform. So there's probably well over that amount now. Awesome. So thank you all for listening. As always, uh, please give us five stars wherever you're listening. It really helps us out. And share around the podcast episodes and let's keep this growing. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. I have heard enough of these creepy fucking dolls. Hell yeah. Stay spooky. And mail a haunted doll to someone you fucking hate. I'm going to do that. Toast McGoat's going to do that. (laughs) I didn't even think of doing that. That'd be so funny.